get ready for an epic experience that you won't forget. The Be Your Best Self Conference, August 22nd at the Grand Event Center in Grandview Heights. You'll rub elbows with some seriously cool folks in the business world and soak up all sorts of wisdom about being a bold leader, rolling with the punches, and smashing through any obstacles that may come your way. It's not just about setting through speeches. It's about making connections and diving deep into learning that'll stick with you for ages. We've got a killer lineup of speakers just for you. First up, we've got Brian John, the brains behind Echo and Athena, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about leading with love. Next, we'll hear from Shara Hutchison, the powerhouse CEO of Exposure, who's going to spill the beans on how to navigate change like a pro, whether it's in your personal life or at work. And then brace yourself for Stephen Carr, the mastermind behind Belief Force, who's going to show us how to kick those self-limiting beliefs to the curb and step into our full potential. But wait, there's more. We've got a lively panel discussion lined up where we'll tackle the ins and outs of working with different generations in the workplace, led by the amazing Dahlia Calgreen from United Residential Management. And to keep the momentum going all day long, we've got the one and only LaShondra Baker from LBB Edutainment as our hype woman. Oh, and don't even think about sneaking out early because we've got some seriously awesome prizes up for grabs at the end of the day. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready for a day packed with inspiration and connections. Chamberpartnership.org backslash BYBS 2024. This season of Business Inspires is brought to you by the Village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Burgess and Naipel, a nationally recognized engineering and architecture firm. The flourishing city of Grandview Heights. Optimized chiropractic, where every visit you leave moving, feeling, and healing better. And City of Upper Arlington, where superior services and citizens come first. Find out more about this season's sponsors in the show notes in each Business Inspires episode. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Good morning, Tri-Village. This is David Polakowski, the President and CEO of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Hope you are all doing well and this morning i have one of my ex-official board members mr joe henderson i don't ever use that mr joe henderson often so here we're being official here being official so. that's good yeah that's good so joe is the economic development director for the city of ua and he and i have been strong partners working together since day one so joe how'd you get into economic development Good story. Um, so I went to the University of Cincinnati for uh, got my bachelor's of urban planning, and they are currently ranked second in the country in football. Um, back in my day, we would have been uh, not even ranked, and, and no one came to the games. Now we're sold out and packed houses. Um, but went to UC. Um, UC has a co-op program where we spend half our time in college in the classroom and half the time working for uh, their cities or counties or, co- or companies in planning or whatnot. Um, I worked for an economic development firm in San Francisco. I um, spent two summers doing that and kind of got introduced to economic development. Um, and when I graduated, I moved to Washington, D.C., got into economic development, same firm, did it on the East Coast. Um, 
and enjoyed it uh, for for various reasons. I came back to Ohio. I spent a year uh, being a, a foolish twenty something year old chasing a, a lifelong dream, uh, and then decided it was time to get back into the uh, the real world. And uh, with uh, I'd say support from my father, but more of a you better you better get back into a real job. Um, I uh, went into planning and did that for Pickerington for for five years and then was promoted to development director out there uh, at age 31 or so and uh, did that for five years. And that's where I started doing economic development. That's part of that job. Uh, I ran a planning department, code enforcement, building and ec dev. And then um, actually six years ago, next week, 23rd, what is today? Maybe even be today. Um, Saturday. Saturday. I uh, I became, uh, got, got hired by the city of Upper Arlington to come over and just focus on economic development. I've been here six years and uh, I love it. It's fun because it's, uh, you know, a lot of ways I look at it, uh, I tried to describe it to someone yesterday and it's like, you're kind of the cheerleader for the city, which for me makes sense since I was a college cheerleader, but uh Damn, I was going to say that for. <laughs> I figured for I'd get that out now some, for something you unique. Well, so was I, and that's one. Right. That's how we connected. So I was only one year, but anyway. I, I did it for for three, and then I coached for nine. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it's to be able to be the person that that talks to the business community, understands the business community, and represents them uh, every day with, with my leadership in the city. And when we go into looking at projects, I try to come in from the the, the office user or the retail user um, on viewpoints of development, construction, um, programs that we're looking to do, and to support them and see these companies grow uh, is awesome. And that's one of the reasons I love working with the chambers, because um, I get to hear directly from the businesses and build a relationship with the businesses and the chamber and uh, try to do good things and, and make them grow and be be better um, businesses for, for everybody. So when you look back from your starting career in economic development today, I know you went from Pickerington to Upper Arlington, but just the processes have changed. Mm -hmm. what, what do you feel the greatest changes have been from 20 years ago to today? You know, I think it's it's businesses being able to be swift on their feet, you know, quick on their feet, more or less. Um, you look at the way that you you do your your, your business, and, and you know, we we can't ignore what what's happened the last couple of years with COVID, and how the businesses that were able to switch what they were doing to change their processes and how they reach their customers or how they reach the community. Um, is are those that survived. If you look at the companies that survived and even those that thrived, it's because they were able to be, um, to modify what they were doing uh, in a way that fit the current market conditions. And whether that's um, being able to go online or have better websites or being able to do delivery or, or curbside pickup or, you know, even work from home when with everyone, we all had to learn how to do Zoom. Um, those are big changes. And those companies that jumped on it first were the ones that I think had less impact financially um, in the last couple of years. And, and that's interesting. Like the trends, what are you seeing? I know like with Columbus, I believe it's chases and coming back town town. Have you seen any challenges here in UA with businesses more so the white collar saying we're, we don't need the office space anymore? You know, not not in UA. Um, we're a different animal than say downtown Columbus or your Dublin's. Um, 
And that's because if you look at the makeup of our professional office, it's more service and financial industry. So these are folks who they are professional office, but they're seeing clients, they're doctors, they're eye, they're eye doctors, they're dentists. Um, and so, you know, they need to be in the office in order to see, to see their, their customers or their, their patients. Um, and then when you think of some of our finance companies that are here in our banking industry and insurance industry that's here, um, we have seen some that have gone remote, but a lot of them, um, you know, they, they are still coming to the office or finding ways to, to work uh, maybe a split time, a couple of days in the office, a couple of days at home. Um, so we haven't seen a big of an impact on the community. To be honest, uh, our financial situation continues to do well, um, continues to grow. We uh, did not see, you know, in the beginning, we everybody saw the kind of drop off, but we have come back strong in our, our business community um, is doing well. Our, our finance director says that our, our withholdings are up over month over month. And so we are excited. Uh, and part of that is you see the development that's happening in the city. I think that's a, a, one of those signs that, that we're in a, a really good position because of the makeup of our, our uses and our uh, businesses that are here. So when you look at the projects that you have going, there's just a few. There's how many going right now at one time? Oh, yeah, exactly. A lot. The two two huge ones, but there's twenty other ones. So when you look at the two big ones, we have is it Gateway Arlington Gateway Arlington Gateway, mm-hmm. and they drove by a few weeks ago, and there's this big hole in the ground. So that's going to be what's the structure? So that is going to be um, an eleven story mixed use building. It'll have first floor retail. Uh, it'll have above that, it'll have 125 or so apartments kind of wrapping the outside on the north and, and, uh, that'd be west side. And then on the easternmost portion of the, of the building, and it's a massive site on the easternmost portion on the top, there'll be, um, I believe it's five stories of office, 140,000 square feet, um, uh, that will be on top of that 74,000 of that's already got um, LOIs on for companies to move into it. And all of that is, is wrapping around about a 863 car parking garage. It's a seven story parking garage that it's all wrapped around. Um, and so it is a massive building. It is one of the largest built, uh, projects in the region under construction. It will be the largest building in UA. It'll also be the tallest building in UA. And I, you know, there's only going to be one or two buildings in, in central Ohio in the suburbs that's taller. So, um, and what I will say, and I got to always say this, it is, it abuts the Ohio state university innovation district. So while it looks tall and out of place when it gets built in the next two or three years, um, that campus is going to see nine to 12 million square feet of of buildings on it, mostly research development. It will blend in very well with, with its surroundings over time. It's just, um, it's going to be one of the first ones. There's only two, I think two other buildings under construction right now. So it it will stand out for a little while, but it'll blend in in the long term. Yeah. We, that's a whole nother story that That, OSU project. Definitely. There's uh, some folks I think you should talk to on that one. That would be great because they're, they're doing some great things. And we've heard, um, them speak and, and they're estimating three to 5 billion. Yeah. And that's what the B in investment. And when you drive by that site, that's, it's just, amazing already what's going on yeah it's you know west campus that the innovation district one of three innovation districts in the state of ohio um funded through folks like jobs ohio and and some of their partners their their their, um, commercialization partners um 
it's going to be awesome. The, the things that are going to come out of there are going to be life-changing for people in the world um, with the research they're going to be doing and, and technologies that are going to come out of there. So it's exciting that that's going to be right next to UA. Um, I think it's going to be something that we are going to benefit from, from overflow businesses. Businesses that want to be near the innovation district are going to look to Lane Avenue. Folks who want to work there and live nearby, they're going to look to UA as somewhere to live. So uh, such a great asset for, for the community. Um, we're excited about it. Uh, and uh, it is it is fun because it seems like every time you drive by, there's like a new building coming up on their campus. So everything we're doing in UA, it, it feels like nothing when I drive by the Innovation District and see what they're up to. Yeah, and the other little nothing project that's going on is the wonderful Community Center, which, again, congratulations to the city of UA, the residents. I mean, it passed almost 80%. Mm-hmm. Five votes, as, as my city manager likes to say, it was five votes short of 80%. Um, uh, and, and so we're very proud of that. That is a, a very large project that uh, since the day I got here, uh, we've been on, we've been watching what would happen to the old Macy's. Uh, the lovely blue brick building that people here have an affinity for. Um, uh, and, and yes, I have a blue brick sitting on my my uh, bookshelf at home, uh, just like I think every resident in UA does by this point. Um, we, uh, you know, we were trying to figure out what to do with that. And um, after many years of conversations with with uh, Kroger, uh, they decided it was time to part with it. That they weren't going to put a grocery store there. And we worked with them, and they did an they did an RFP to find a developer for the site, and the city was willing to talk to and work with those developers. Um, uh, at the end, Continental, uh, who actually is doing both projects, Continental is doing uh, Gateway, and they're doing Kingsdale, which uh, is a coincidence. Because which is a coincidence. It, it is like it, you said, it's an RFP process. Right. It was Kroger's was the one who who you know both of these were done by private developers. The city is partnering with them when it comes to incentives and. And stuff like that, but but we were not, um, we did not choose who did these projects. Um, but Continental got the project from Kroger's. They bought the land. Uh, part of that deal with the city was is if our community said they wanted to do a community center, that that they would, um, as part of the deal, give us some land on the site. So they are building two buildings. Uh, they're building a seven-story assisted living facility. I might be off on the numbers, but it's like 110 units rooms. Um, seven stories. It'll have a restaurant on the first floor um, and, um, you know, some services in the building. And that will be on the northwest corner of the of the site, the old Macy site. The east side of the site, they're going to build market rate uh, apartments. Um, I think it's, it's five stories of market rate apartments. I want to say it's 350 or so units. I could be wrong on that. Um, and below it, was is going to be two levels of parking garage so the first two levels will be a parking garage and then five stories of apartments above it so it's it'll be seven stories as well the other part of our deal besides getting the land was we would get parking spaces in that garage basically about a a floor of it uh, which will serve as parking for the community center the community center uh, is a couple year long process where the residents of upper arlington uh, via the city council did a a community task force where they looked at, do we want to do a community center? And if we did, what would be a part of it? They looked at, you know, this this independent body looked at all kinds of different things. They hired some consultants to help them along the way. And they came back saying, you know, they believe a community center would, would be good. They think that the uses that they outlined in their in their study 
that should go in the building. And then the city council took that report, took that information and went to the, the ballot and said, okay, residents, yes or no, do we want a community center? And that's where the 80% came in, which is just in today's times, 80% on anything is great. 80% on a community center um, is wonderful. Uh, and, and that began our process and council's process of, of uh, selecting a firm, uh, and we have uh, selected MSA uh, Architects uh, out of Cincinnati. They have an office here in Columbus as well to lead us through the process of designing the community center, and we're pretty excited about it. And they are a new member to the chamber. They recently. are a new ma- new member for the chamber. The, the other thing about the community center, and I should I keep saying the other thing, but um, we found a way to do this without raising taxes. Um, and that's the piece that I think I'm most proud of. Um, it was a team effort led by our city manager and at the time one of our assistant city managers in um, our finance department. And we looked at, okay, what ways can we help pay for this? And so we found ways through um, some TIF on the site, uh, TIF that uh, existing TIFs in the area. Are there ways that we, if we've paid for the, the um public infrastructure that was needed on those projects and those tips are still pulling off cash was there a way to redirect it to pay for the community center because it is a a a public service and we were able to do that we have some bed tax with the uh, new second hotel that we have opening up here that opened up last last year so we have two hotels now using some of their bed tax um, another unique thing that we did was um, we looked at putting uh, office space into the community center where we could charge a little bit above market rate or whatever the, the cost to build it and take that excess and, and use that to pay down the community center. And then also whatever withholdings are generated from those jobs in that office space, taking those withholdings and directly putting that back into the community center. And that's what's going to allow us to build a $54 million community center without raising taxes on our residents. In with the community center, I know the plans aren't set in stone yet, but tonight you have a community meeting all day. You're spending planning the community center. What, you know, is the idea to have in the center that would be available to the community? Definitely. And what I'll say is I'm I, uh, not the best person to talk about the community center, so I will give it my best go. But, uh, you know, our parks director uh, or city manager, they're, they're living this more, you know, minute by minute where I, I kind of come in a couple of days, a couple hours a week and talk about it. But, uh, you know, they uh, there are people who are better dedicated to this project than I. So I'll, I'll give it the best swing I can here. But uh, in the community center, one of the things that was driving it from my viewpoint was uh, we have a senior center that that's uh, definitely lived its life and um, you know, our seniors deserve better and we were trying to find a way to build better for them. Uh, and by building a new community center, bringing some of these recreational aspects, uh, indoor recreation to our community, something I think our residents needed, but then marrying it with our senior center so that our seniors have access to an indoor pool, to track, to basketball courts, so that they can do things to the gym, to be able to do things to help uh, keep them young, keep them in good shape keep their, their minds awake and, and working and their bodies working uh, was a great connection. Um, and so I, I think that's really, when you look at it, the senior center aspect is probably the biggest piece to me. Um, the, the recreational for our, our, our kids, our children, our, uh, our active adults, our seniors being able to have leagues and 
weight room and indoor pool um, so that we can have uh, swim lessons or, or folks that want to swim year round, or if you have a birthday party, you can do it there. Um, it's really just going to be um, a valuable key. And then, and then from the economic development side, the idea to have office space in there uh, is going to be uh, wonderful. And we have some partners who have already kind of signed a letter of intent, hoping that they will take the space that it's not just office, it's more of a medical office that will provide services to our residents and children and adults in that facility. So it'll be a great partnership and relationship between the, the tenants that are going to go in there uh, in the city because it's it's going to make it really a one-of-a-kind facility. There, there's, uh, I say it and I really mean it, I don't think there's going to be anything like this in the world. Um, it's going to be seven stories tall, most likely. It's going to be um, a community center built vertical versus a lot of cities. It's one or two stories and it's and it's spread out. Ours is going to be tall because the, small, the site is small. Um, and then we're UA, so we're going to make sure that it's, it's done in a way that represents our community. And uh, it should be just a beautiful facility when it's done. It's going to blend in well, not be an eyesore. No, it will not. It'll, it'll blend in. It'll, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have two buildings next to it that are seven stories. <clears throat> so it's, it's going to not be this standalone tall building. It, there's a building, a condo building across the street that's five, five or six stories. So it's, it's not going <clears> to <throat> stand out. Uh, as much as people think because they, they hear the height and they get a little nervous, but there's other buildings going to be around it that are tall. But um, it's it's really going to be a focal point one way or the other. You know, I, I view – we have two main areas of retail or, or office in our community. Um, to me, it's Kingsdale and it's Lane Avenue. Uh, to me, Lane Avenue is our main street. It's where our business is done. It's where most people who are coming into the community are going to go there to the shop or office or live that relationship to Ohio State, to 315. Uh, and then you have Kingsdale, which Kingsdale is kind of, I, I view it as the heartbeat of our community. Um, you know, you go there for your groceries, for restaurants, for uh, OSU Wexner's got, got a facility there, so your medical needs. Um, now you put the community center there. It's just, it really is going to be the heartbeat of our community. So if you live in UA, you're probably going to go to Kingsdale a couple times a week um, just for, for daily life, and that's pretty exciting to me. So one final question. I know I, he, he's got this worried look on his face. A little bit. Never know where David's going to go. Why the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership? Why the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership? That's a good question. Um, but I think it's easy. Um, being able to have access to the business community and for me to have one voice from our, our, those businesses uh, is important. And, and to know when there's something that, I, that the city needs and we need to hear from the business community, if we can go to David and, and get an email out to the businesses and, and you know meet with them at some of these, uh, whether it's a morning perk or a luncheon or some of the programmings that we do, um, it's important to me. I, I want to have, I really want to have my ear to the to the ground to what's happening in our business community. And for me, Tri Village Chamber is is, is how we do it. Um, you know, it's it really is the voice of the business community. It's the loudest one in Upper Arlington and in, in Grandview and in, in Marble Cliff. And, and uh, it's, I think it's getting it right. I think we've, we've done a good thing with, with the chamber. I, I started, I think my first week here, the UA chamber collapsed um, or folded. And um, a couple of weeks later, we heard that the, the businesses in the, in the Upper Arlington chamber and the Grandview were in talks. And then we, we did the merger and there was, uh, I think some there were nervous energy on both sides of the table to know how this relationship would, would go. And I'm one of the few people on the board who's been there since the beginning of, of this merger. 
And uh, it's a beautiful thing. It, 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 we, we're one community in our business aspect and really our residents. I mean, most people don't know which one of the communities they're in, whether they're going to restaurants or shopping or in uh, for us all to have one voice and to be working together to make our region, our, our corner of Columbus stronger. Um, it's a good thing. And, and, you know, it's enjoyable. We have great business leaders in our, com- in, in the chamber and in our community and uh, they all get along. Um, and especially with the chamber there to, to make sure we all play well in the sandlot. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it really does represent our business community and really would push any business that is not a chamber member or had been in the past and and for whatever reason decided not to be, whether it's through COVID or whether it was their part of the old chamber and they just didn't know what this new chamber would look like. It's been five years now. Uh, we're, we're running strong. We've got a great leadership with David. Um, he just slid a $20 bill across the table. If anybody didn't, didn't <laughs> see that and paying me to say that, but uh, we, uh, you know, it, I'm excited to see where we go. I, I think uh, I look at the board uh, for the chamber and, and what David's done over the last couple, couple, what, year and a half now? It'll be two years in January. Two years in January. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Um, and so I think we're going to uh, see some great things uh, moving forward with the chamber. All right. Congratulations on the success. I'm looking forward to the future, too, because it's exciting. And uh, just to see the growth going on in the tri-village area really um, a huge asset so congratulations thank you i'm sure i'll see you soon definitely all right tri-village thanks for listening thanks for subscribing downloading and listening to business inspires a monthly podcast of the tri-village chamber partnership our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose, the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires.